We're in the last chapter of the leader's manual. So after this week, well, there is there is a chapter after this. It's about the roles unique to women. I figured that would be an odd topic for a men's meeting. Um, not that it's not good for us to understand those and really know them. In fact, I think we do need to understand those and really um, encourage our women and esteem esteem in our women the kind of things that um, that they're that they're created to do and uh, to not not view those as subservient or or uh, lower or of less importance they're actually of greater importance I think in the eyes of God in the, in the economy of the kingdom um, but anyway that's that's chapter 10 we may cover that in some context at some point but after this you know we're done with the We've, we've had our trip through the leader's manual, and my goal for this year was <clears throat> to really just see the way that we do church amongst all the guys. You know, we're, we're all, none of us are super new here uh, to, this, to this body, and I thought it was just a good time to um, get the distinctiveness of, of what we're doing uh, in our hearts and minds uh, to encourage all of us, spur all of us on to to grow into maturity. You know, one of the, talks about in here, one of the key uh, aspects of the ministry of a home group is to reproduce leaders and to multiply in that way. Um, we don't multiply based on numbers. We will multiply based on mature leadership. Um, so this year was just meant to be a catalyst for that. And I, I think it's been good. I think it's been fruitful. I've seen, uh, I think everybody has been growing and maturing this year in, in a lot of different ways. Our home group has split, and uh, I think probably not too far away, you know, there may be some other home group splits. And, um, yeah, we're doing it. We're, we're, we're growing. And I'm, I'm really encouraged by where we are as, as a group of men. Um, so this chapter is on the, the home fellowship meeting. And as it says in the beginning, this chapter appears near the end of the book for a reason, and that is that the home group meeting isn't really knowing how to run a home group meeting is sort of minor <laughs> uh, when you think about everything involved in running a running a home group caring for a home group the meeting itself is um, not the most important thing uh, it's important I think it's it, it serves a, an important purpose that's why we give ourselves to it uh, but what's involved is so much more than than gathering a, a group of people and running in a, a particular kind of meeting. Um, can't stress that enough that, uh, you know, you think all the way back to chapter one, um, knowing God, that, that leading, caring for people is, the, the goal of it is for us to, to know God more for us to know things about God that we wouldn't know unless we were put in those positions to have to really care for someone, uh, structure our life around somebody else's needs. That teaches you a lot about God that you can't learn unless you're really doing that. Um, so leadership is meant to, to make us more like God um, and drive us more into his presence. You pray differently when you're responsible for people. All the dads in this room know that you, your prayers change a little bit when you have a kid. You never would have prayed in, in some of the ways that you prayed uh, before you had a child. And same thing when you get married. I'm sure Mason's experiencing 
uh, something of that uh, transition in his life, trying to trying to view life from a totally different perspective. And uh, so, yeah. And then, just in terms of you know, the the church is is based on values and not so much particular outcomes or particular methods. Uh, everything that we do, we wanted we wanted to uphold uh, the values that that. God has revealed to us values that we see in Scripture. Things that God really uh, Himself values, we want those to be our values. And then just on down the line, that the work of our church primarily consists in in the work of discipleship, which involves uh, everything from evangelism to follow up to uh, training and 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 reproducing leaders, planting different uh, home groups. And then what else? What else did I miss? Here's the... What qualifies someone for leadership and then what leadership is ultimately responsible to do? Those were the last two things that we covered. So now we finally come to the meeting, which is sort of the nuts and bolts, the the methodology of running a home group. And um, you'll see that even the methodology is meant to reinforce what the life of the home group should be about every day of the week. And it's meant to, to, to recenter it and to encourage that kind of life. Uh, particularly, it has a, a list here, um, accountable relationship, fellowship, evangelism, discipleship, and leadership. Those are really the, the primary areas of ministry of a home group. Accountability, fellowship, um, evangelism, discipleship, and leadership development. Uh, so each of those areas are served in some way by how the home group meeting is run. Um, and it's been really good in the in our new home. I'm, so I'm now leading two home groups, and we've sort of started fresh in each of them. And I've been trying to work in each home group to, to limit myself to the schedule that it talks about here in the chapter. Uh, whenever a new home group is sent out, you want to make sure that the, the home group leader um, really does submit himself to this kind of agenda, preset agenda, for a time, right? Uh, and then within those limits and out of those limits, um, you can begin to exercise more freedom. But it's really important that a leader, and we've talked so much about this through the course of this year, that a leader does not lead from his personality, um, or his charisma, or his particular set of giftings. Right? Those things are all good, but they aren't really what makes someone a responsible leader. They're nice additions to the mix of giftings that God has placed among us. Um, so if someone happens to be a really gifted worship leader, um, they ought not go, you know, when they step into a leadership role in a home group, they ought not make that the worship home group. You know, you worship for an hour every week, that's basically all you get to, right? If someone's particularly gifted in the word or teaching or, or ideas and they start leading a home group and it's just hours of grinding deep theological discussion every week, that's not serving the home group. Um, and so this is meant to give a home group what it needs and limit a leader, help make him submissive to what the home group needs and to help him um, 
you know, you gotta, there's lots of catchphrases for this, you know, you gotta crawl before you ball. Uh, what? So, you gotta just go by the book, and then you, um, then you can be released into more uh, freedom after that. Um, all right, so here's the, the rundown of a meeting. You open with worship, 15 to 30 minutes of worship. You follow that with 15 to 30 minutes of prayer. Uh, you spend about 10 minutes discussing the evangelism focus. That is, you know, who are we reaching out to? Who's, who's on the outskirts of our lives that we're actively uh, extending the kingdom to? Um, next, a specific teaching should be presented for 15 to 30 minutes. And really, that's usually um, revisiting the sermon. Uh, but there are times when you might be going through a particular topic or a, a study together. Or if the, the leader just has a word on his heart for his particular group, you know, that would be the time for that. And then you finish by sharing the vision. And I'm pretty bad at sharing the vision every week, I would say. Most home groups, that's kind of the first thing to go. Um, oh, yeah, share the vision. But... I'm, I'm trying to get back to the to the basics and submit myself. Um, so, just walks through kind of the purpose of each of those times. And it's really good that it, it's not, I mean, I think it's good to have the agenda in your mind. But it's also, that can become tedious in itself if you're not understanding what's the point of this portion of time. So again, each of those aspects serves part of the purpose of a home group. So what what part of the purpose of a home group would the, would the time of worship serve? Besides just checking off the, the line item on the agenda. Orienting our hearts in the right direction? Yeah, I mean, knowing God. Seeking God together. Having a relationship with God. I mean, if, if, if we're unable to sit in the presence of God together then there's not really much else we can do together for him or for the kingdom. <laughs> right. seek, seek, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And so really, it's not just worship because that's how you typically open a meeting. It's worship because before we do anything or go anywhere, we want the presence of God. We need the presence of God. Unless we have the presence of God, everything else we do is just a vain exercise. Um... So it's not just worship to get in the right emotional place. And that's important because some home group worship is, you know, they, each home group has a different uh, mix of, of musical giftings. Some home groups don't really have any gifted musicians. And you still need to spend 15 to 30 minutes in worship. So how do you do that? Well, you don't have, worship is not limited to music. Worship is greatly aided by music, but it's not limited to that. Right? We have the Psalms. Um, you can pray prayers of worship. The important thing as a leader is to know we have to get in the presence of God together before we do anything else. Period. We can use Scripture. We can just pray. It's great if there's uh, musical people who can lead in worship. But even that, I would say from time to time, you should probably just pray, you know, or probably just have some psalms or mix it up a little bit so you're not just getting in 
some sort of rote exercise. Um, it is about the presence of God. It's about us being here, setting our minds on God, opening ourselves up, opening our hearts to the move of the Spirit. And everything else flows out from that. Um, it is the leader's opinion of worship that will be carried into the meeting. If, if the period of worship for the leader is, let's just get through this, it's just how we need to open, then that's what everyone will, they'll just get through worship because it's how you need to open. If you as a leader are convinced that unless we have the Spirit of God, unless we have the presence of God, unless our hearts are set on God, everything else we do is vain, then that level of desperation and dependence on God will flow into the rest of the group. So that's really an important thing. You can't just get through worship, can't just skip through it as a leader and expect it to be effective in the way that it needs to be. Um, there's lots of different there's lots of different ways you can do it. Right? We are not bound to music, thank God. We're not bound to um, the latest songs. <laughs> we have we have everything that we need and more to, to effectively worship God with or without musical giftings. Um, all right, so this just says basically that in, in a few different ways. Um, uh, instruments, um, or just spontaneous thanksgiving, praise to God. A third way is through testimonies. Testimonies, I mean, testimonies are worship. I mean, what is worship? It's, it's declaring who God is and what he has done. A testimony declares who God is and what he's done for me personally. And so that draws hearts uh, to worship God. Um, and this says, even if a group is strong musically, the leader should incorporate these methods uh, into his meeting, at least uh, sporadically. All right, so then coming out of worship, you know, we're in the presence of God, and we want to be sensitive to, you know, I really believe that when you ask God to show up, he shows up. <laughs> it's funny that sometimes we spend a lot of time asking God to show up, and then he's here, and then we just move on. Well, on all right, we really wanted to tune our hearts on God, to God, and, and set our minds there. All right, we did it. Now, what's, what, you know, what are we talking about? What's the next? What's the next topic? Moving right into prayer, ministry, and encouragement, um, I think, is a great way to become responsive to the move of the Spirit. Um, we are, you know, there are different church labels for it—charismatic, Pentecostal, whatever you want to say. There's no label for this. Right? We're trying to be in the presence of God, and. We believe that the Holy Spirit moves through the individual members of the body to build the body up in love. Scripture is pretty clear about that. So the spirits in each one of us, you know, the divided tongues as a fire rest on each one of them, and the church was built up. And so we carry in us the presence of God, and we are moved and directed by the Spirit of God. Whether it's a big ecstatic thing or not, um, 
you probably pray in the Spirit more than you realize. When you pray for someone, when you ask God to, to give you His heart for them, and you begin to pray things that, I hadn't really thought about that before, but here it is coming out in prayer. That's praying in the Spirit a lot of times. The Spirit's directing you. Um, and I, you know, there have been times when someone has come to me and said, that was totally the Holy Spirit. And I go, I felt terrible, you know. I was just I was just slogging through it. So it's not really how you feel. We have to step out in faith, regardless of how we feel. And in this time of ministry and encouragement and prayer, be responsive to the Spirit. Um, pray over each other. So it's in this time, really, that that encouragement, this this sort of active ministry, the building up of the body. This is when this happens. You know, if we love each other, if we're carrying one another on our hearts, and when we gather and worship God, there's gonna be one or two things, encouragements, exhortations that we can share with each other or pray over one another. That it just it will happen. Right? When, when the people of God gather and their hearts are set on Him, He moves in that way. He builds up the body. Um, but again, this is something that needs to be cultivated. If it's not sort of the natural culture of the group, it needs to be cultivated. Um, if the members of the group do not flow naturally in this kind of ministry, it may warrant a few teachings on encouragement, spiritual gifts, ministry of the Word, that kind of thing. There's some great scriptures that Paul in, in Paul's letters and elsewhere of kind of getting a vision for this this sort of thing. Um, exhortation, prophecy, he that prophesieth speaketh unto men for edification, exhortation, and comfort. Right? Prophecy is not there to get a you know thunderclap vision of future events like that's what we think of when we think of prophecy really prophecy is given to the body and it's a very valuable gift Paul says Paul makes it very clear that prophecy is an extremely valuable and desirable gift of the spirit for building up the body for edification that's building up exhortation that's a spurring on and comfort we need comfort where are we to receive and when are we to receive comfort from God? It's in these times of ministry and encouragement. Speaking the word, right? Scripture, sharing a scripture um, as the Spirit leads this is extremely powerful in these times. <clears throat> um, so, out of prayer, ministry, edification, and then there's becoming aware of each other's needs and lifting those up. Right? And if you notice, this kind of follows the Lord's Prayer. Right? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's worship. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. We'll move through us into our life together. From heaven into earth. And that's edification, exhortation. Give us this day our daily bread. That's we voice our needs to you because you care for us and you provide for us. Um, so I, I want to make sure that everybody understands that, that the home group really is the place where needs should be prayed for as a group. 
You know, there shouldn't really be many needs in the body that exist just out there and aren't really covered in home group and prayer. Now, sometimes it's because people aren't really opening up and sharing their needs. Um, but we need to do whatever it takes as leaders to cultivate and to, and to, to provide a, a space where people can open up. And maybe someone's uncomfortable. We can. There's a lot of reasons that might happen. Um, but we need to we need to work at making a place where people feel comfortable sharing the needs of their life. Um, and it doesn't have to be deep. This isn't group therapy, right? Share. I'm really struggling with this. It can take 30 seconds. All right, let's pray for it. You know, um, it doesn't have to be deep, soul bearing. You know, works hard. Could use some prayer for strength. All right, let's pray. You know. Um, and erring on the side of praying and erring on the side of less advice, more prayer, I think is always a, a noble thing. Now, if you have a word to share that's an encouragement, that's good. But you really want God to have an opportunity to test the situation before your own advice flows forth. Or your own, oh yeah, well, that reminds me of something in my life. This is a trap I think home group leaders can fall into. To, to address every need that's brought up with some sort of well here what you know I, I knew a guy that had that thing and this worked for him no just just pray you know wait on God that's err on the side of praying I'm probably bad at that uh, probably pretty pretty bad at that myself. Um, This is, you know, as a leader, you can, there's so many things to be aware of as a leader. And and when it, as each of you grow into more and more responsibility in the meeting, it'll make more and more sense. Sometimes someone shares something and they ask for prayer in a particular way, but really they're not they're not quite sure. And you you know what they really need, you know. And that's sort of an art to figure out. Um, this is just an extreme example. I keep sinning, and I just, uh, I really like sinning, and I just need prayer that, for whatever. I'm like, well, how are you supposed to pray for that? What's the right thing to pray for someone who is not really repentant of their sin. <coughs> That's the kind of thing that might come up. You know, What's the right way to pray? I just pray that they would know that you love them. Well, maybe, maybe that's not the best prayer. Maybe in that moment you need to share, do you want to walk free from sin? Or are you sort of not convinced that that can even happen? Well, we need to pray that God would really convict you and show you the victory that's possible. You know, they need a revelation of who God is. They don't need to feel better about their week. You know, does that make sense? So just knowing stuff like that, being aware of, well, what they're asking may not be the, the most effective way to pray. That, that just comes with a lot of experience and a lot of you know, wisdom. Um, those kinds of things will, will come up all the time. Um...
All right, so that's prayer, ministry. The needs should be addressed. Oh, by the way, I think I told at least the, the, the two home groups I'm in, I wasn't sure why I had kind of naturally started to do prayer requests at the end and kind of close the meeting with that because it often had to get bumped or, or just compressed at the end because we'd get short on time and we'd have to kind of wrap up quickly. So I've really tried to do requests in that prayer time. And if, hey, if we have to bump something else, you know, I feel like that's of greater importance. Um, but I wasn't sure why I, I did that, but I found something in here that explains it. Uh, prayer time should begin with spontaneous prayer following the worship or ministry. If all the time is used up through this kind of prayer, the leader can make sure to do prayer requests at the end. There we go. There was pressing. <laughs> That's great. However, if there is time during this period, members can share prayer, personal requests, and then someone can lead the group in praying for those needs. There's lots of different ways to do this. Um, sometimes it's just all the needs get listed, and then we say, all right, pray. Whoever wants to pray, pray as you feel led. Sometimes a need will come up, and I'll say as a, as a group leader, someone voices a need, and I know maybe this person's really walking with that person in that area. I'll say, hey, will you pray for them, and we can hear your prayer and agree with you. Um, that's that's an interesting thing to do because you want to prayer isn't just prayer is also agreement right you pray for it but also everybody's praying while each individual is praying Every, anytime someone's praying I'm hearing it and in my spirit I'm agreeing you know and that's where I think real power comes in prayer if any two of you agree as touching any one thing so we need to cultivate that as well that we don't just have an individual, an individual praying, individual praying. It's this person's voicing our prayer, our agreed upon prayer over that situation. Um, I think there's there's greater power in prayer when when our hearts really are agreeing actively, rather than just kind of hearing and yeah yeah. But I really try and join my spirit in with the prayers of everybody else, and agree with them. So it's it's good sometimes to say, hey, you have special insight into the situation. You pray and we'll agree with you. We'll we'll kind of like Aaron and her held up Moses' hands, you know. We'll come and hold up your hands while you pray and support you because you really carry this thing, you know, with that person. Um All right, see you, brother. Evangelism focus. Um, again, this doesn't have to be... Uh, you got to be aware of time. Because if you did... If you really went deep on any one of these things, and you want to give it time, um, but you have to stay efficient, or else you can't really do all this effectively in a meeting. Really, when people are sharing... Maybe if they're a visitor, you know, they get a pass at... They took, a little, they took about 10 minutes to share something. But as they grow and as you disciple them, you know, we want to cultivate <laughs> brevity and conciseness in, in sharing these things. Now, there are times when you've got to stop and there's a, a deep need and you, there's ministry that needs to happen. We should always be aware of that. All right, this person, tonight's about this person. You know, that will happen from time to time. We've got a situation here. We've got a, a couple 
or uh, an individual, they need they need our full attention. And you as a leader need to be sensitive to that. And luckily, it, hopefully, if you have like kind of an assistant with you, and you can kind of like you can kind of like sense you'll usually sense together. All right, this is kind of where we're going on this, or someone just is deeply someone prays something for someone and it just unlocks something about that person and there's real work being done that will happen from time to time when the spirit moves we got to go with it you know but unless it's the spirit moving we need to keep keep it moving right and not let people just kind of gab the time away and uh you know so that's hard i mean it's hard to do that graciously sometimes um but I've probably been less. I've been less than gracious to JP, but he knows. He's the first person to tell you. Wrap it up, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wrap it up. One more sentence. Sum it up. Sum it up for me. If you can have, you can have your musician start playing music. (laughs) Playing them off. Yeah. So so, 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 you you have someone in your home group that does that. Like, like, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Andrew's probably, you'd you'd probably be pretty good at at shutting people down. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Where are we? Okay, evangelism focus. And so this isn't like, all right, let's sit down and think about right now about everyone that we could possibly share the gospel with who's in our life. That's not really the time for that. Active situations, and hopefully there are um, agreed upon strategies. Hey, here's what we're working on as a home group. We're really reaching out to this couple. We're aware of, of this particular situation that's moving in a direction. Um, there are times when there won't be any particular situation. There are times when I don't even do that section of home group because half the people there are new, you know, or newer. And so it's like we don't have an evangelism focus. The evangelism focus is here in this meeting right now. <laughs> um, does that make sense? What are you laughing at? Uh, there's, there's new people there like, all right, so who are we reaching out to? Okay, we're reaching out to him. Yeah, we're reaching out to him. Trying to, I, I was trying to get him to home group, and here he is. And, um, you know. How are we doing with our evangelism? Yeah. Can you just tell us? Yeah. So, use discretion. But it's good if newer people are there, it's good for them to know that we are actively engaged in evangelism. That That's something that we're about together. And we want to bring them into that work with us. So you don't. It's not like nobody can see behind the counter. You know, it's we bring people in and introduce them to what we're doing. So much of this just calls for discretion, and wisdom. Yes. And this is a way you know God. Leading home group meetings will cause you to pray in ways that you've never prayed before. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you got to be ready. I mean, there's, you will accumulate stories through the years of home group meetings gone awry, of <laughs> awkward situations, and I always tell you know people that have been here just a couple of years that we are we are like way more normal I think than than is typical just in terms of basic social awareness. Our church is pretty high, pretty high right now. 
Um, usually we're a pretty strange, eclectic group. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but Joseph has finally finally come around. He's <laughs> <laughs> hey, this thing of uh, uh, sorry, sorry, the home group. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. has been Andrew has witnessed many things. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you could be like a fixer. He's got so much stuff on people. <laughs> like, I don't know if you want to hear that. Yeah, the behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, and then the word. So sharing the word again. This is mostly what we want to do, and this was kind of covered in the in the last chapter. The responsibility of a leader is really to be an extension of the pastor's heart and caring for the sheep. One of my primary responsibilities is to is to give the word and set direction, you know. And and I, I do teach, you know. We want to learn scripture. I teach the Bible on Saturday nights, but you guys know. I mean, if you've ever come to a teaching, it's not just an abstract teaching. There's usually a direction that we're following, and that's really what we want to follow up on in home group. What's the pastoral direction that's coming? from our Saturday night teachings. Because I, I, I do try and teach information, but but really in service of a, of a direction and, and helping equip the saints for the work of ministry. So in what ways are we being equipped? Sometimes that is just knowledge of the word. You know, that's the way we're being equipped. Uh, but sometimes it's, you know, this particular perspective or um, this concept that, that we need to let really shape us um, so anything that you do any direction that you're doing in home group really should be an extension now that could be hey part of our ministry as a church and our direction our pastoral direction is that we need to get people through foundations classes and maybe you want to take a, a, a phase of your home group and go through like we did this past summer and we went through foundations too a bunch of people needed to go through and we just did it that's great you know and uh, so that's the section um, the other thing just in terms of, of oversight is that if you're aware that somebody in your home group you know is really steeped in particular kinds of books or theological traditions you want to be aware of that and just if that works against what we're doing you know to figure out how to engage it not engage it or rebuke it to figure out to voice it, say, hey, here's sort of a thing. And usually in like, you know, if you're part of the leadership team, there's a leaders meeting and we bring bring concerns like that up. And we 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 consider it as a as a as a team. You need different eyes on that. This talks about books, you know, but I think now it would be more just voices out there via the internet or wherever. Um, I've said a lot. I think it would be nice if people were reading all kinds of books, but I don't. I don't think that happens so much anymore. Uh, in a in a broad a broad sense. Um, yeah, and we never want to. We never want it to become, you know, an academic thing uh, or a, a a merely intellectual thing. 
um, I value academics, I value intellectuals, but that's not how the kingdom of God is built ultimately. That's one aspect, perhaps. Uh, but the word of God is, is more than that. Right? And uh, we need to make sure that being a people of the word for us doesn't mean being a bunch of nerds. It means being a bunch of people who have submitted their lives and whose lives are shaped by the word. Yes, our minds, but also our actions are, you know. And we have to make sure that the way that we're engaging the word is not exclusive of people who have a particular way of engaging intellectual concepts, right? The church is for all people, right? And if there's someone that feels excluded because of the kinds of conversations that we have around the word, we're doing something wrong. Um, someone feels like we're a bunch of academics, we need to hear that and humble ourselves and, uh, and reject that. Um, the other side is true. If someone just doesn't want to use reason <laughs> to think through the things of life and is anti-intellectual and oh, I just I'll just do what the Spirit tells me, well, we need to engage that too, you know. Um, and then the vision. So sharing the vision, but more importantly than than just rehearsing and reciting the vision it's to keep the vision in front of everyone to keep it clear what this home group is for it's not a social club although there's great fellowship that happens it's not a um, group therapy session it's not anything else it, we are we're doing a specific thing we are connecting helping people connect with God get discipled read the word pray you knit together into a family of people who then is reaching out, bringing other people in, and growing up into maturity and multiplying. That's that's what we're here doing. And home group serves that in. And at any point, we are in a stage of the life cycle of a home group. We've either just planted, or we're actively doing evangelism, or we're helping, we're trying to, to mature and produce leaders, or we are about to multiply and send out a new group. Um, we're always... In, a, in some stage of the life cycle. Um, and so you can read the chapter on the, read, read through this chapter if you haven't already. And uh, the way that, that it's written here is, is good. But any, any questions or, or comments there about the home group meeting? I do want to encourage everyone to, um, it's, been, it's been really good for my two home groups for me to revisit this stuff, kind of start with a clean slate. I think our, our groups have gone awesome. I think that that would happen whether or not, um, that would have happened regardless. Uh, it's, been, it's been really refreshing. But for me as a home group leader, revisiting this, submitting myself to it, has been completely rejuvenating for me. Um, so I'm encouraged. And I'm <laughs> I've been doing this stuff since, I mean, when was our first? You were in that home group. That was yeah, that was my mid two thousands or something. I was a, a, a senior in high school. Wait, what year was that? When did you graduate? Two thousand nine. Yeah, yeah. I've been in a lot of home groups, and every time I revisit this and recommit to it and think through each portion of the meeting and the the idea behind it, I go, oh yeah, this is great. What we do is great. Uh, the home group meeting is an awesome 
methodological tool to really do what we're trying to do as a church. But again, it's it's a tool, and we say it a lot. Home groups are artificial, ultimately. You won't find a home group in Scripture. You'll find gatherings of believers in homes, but you won't find the home group meeting like this. Um, so it's a method. It's a tool. And the, the goal is not the tool. The goal is build the body of Jesus. Uh, build the church. All right. Any comments or discussion points? I'll just say in my experience uh, of trying to lead home groups, the meetings have always gone a lot better and have been like a lot richer when I personally and, and the group doesn't lean so much on it to do all the heavy lifting of all these components. Like, um, but that's the only time where encouragement or prayer or worship um, is happening. And we just kind of like let, let it carry all that. Right. Yeah. As like the one point of contact with everyone for the week. Yeah. It kind of, I don't know, it just gets kind of like thin. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But, the more that, the more that we've been able to cultivate that kind of lifestyle together, um, the meeting is really like just I don't know the highlights, and it becomes really uh, free. You don't feel like you have to like catch up with everyone in the meeting, <laughs> like, right? Um, yeah. yeah. And, and I think God, you know, like use it to like pinpoint specific things or yeah. highlight specific things. Yeah, that's a great point. It's. It's meant to give us a picture and a vision for what our lives should be like through the week. And it's a more or less rehearsed way of doing that so that we can become more familiar with that so that it spills out into our lives every day. <clears throat> Worship, prayer, encouragement, the word. Yeah. say too, and I think it lines up with what Stephen was saying, that I'm a, I've been amazed it's been really a revelation for me. I've always had people that I loved. I've never been somebody that's had a huge deficit in what I consider quality relationships, but how much intentionality and in really giving yourself to people and really like praying for them really does God works and turns your heart towards them where you oh, begin yeah. to think like these are my best friends you know yeah. and then a home group splits and you're like man now all my best friends are over there right? <laughs> you know yeah. and then but then you're you find yourself like you know how many times have you lost what you felt like was right. your best friend you know yeah. because yeah. of a split or this or that but God really does knit you together it's good when you're intentional yeah it's it's really amazing but I feel like I'm in home group with you know close friends yeah yeah. I can amen that for sure. That's what Jesus, I mean, that, that really is something that Jesus modeled. 
in prayer. He spent all night in prayer. God told him the names of the 12 guys and said, go give yourself to them. And he did. You know, it could have been any 12 guys. And he would have developed that depth of relationship. And they had a really intimate relationship. And those guys, as a result of that, really knew who he was. He knew who they were. And um, if that's what God told Jesus to do on earth, we can participate in that work too. And you pray, name the guys, go give yourself, and God works through that. And then they split and were sent to the corner of the earth. And they, yeah. Or, I mean, so Jesus is lucky enough to be able to say, I, I, I will be with you to the end of the age by his Holy Spirit. He has no, no limitations. But. Amen. Well, I'm, I'm really encouraged. Again, you know, like I said at the beginning, I'm really encouraged about where we're headed in the next couple of years. You know, I think um, I think we'll begin to step into more challenging situations. And as it's interesting, as a church matures. Um, God will, I've seen this, as a church matures, God gives uh, opportunities to serve in ways that require all of that maturity. Right? And so the, the more mature you are, the more demanding the ministry becomes. Uh, does that make sense? God knows his children. He knows what they're capable of. And he always gives them just enough to challenge all of their capabilities. And it makes us dependent on him. And that, it, that itself stretches us and makes us mature more. And so a lot of times the reward for obedience, the reward for servanthood, is more service. <laughs> um, so I'm excited. We're maturing. But I think everyone needs to, to ready yourselves to be called on in ways that maybe you haven't been called on before. To be challenged in ways you haven't been challenged before. Um, that's how it goes. If, we, if you're really walking with God, He will give you more and more and more. Because He's a good Father. And that's how we raise our kids, right? We want them to be mature, fully functioning adults. And the way we do that is we expose them to things that challenge the limits of their maturity. And watch them either grow or fail and need help and, and get readjusted so we'll grow we'll be challenged we'll grow and we'll challenge and we'll fail and learn through that as well amen all right 10 o'clock <clears throat> Anybody know where uh, Flannery is? Are they on their trip? They're, 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 they're heading out to Middle Yeah. That's what I, I can.